Well, in uh, the book of Hebrews, it says, For unto us was the gospel preached. We're going to go ahead and dismiss the children's ministry. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with what? Not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So, is the children already gone? Children's church already gone? All right, I assume that they are. Amen. And so uh, we've, writ- we've put together this little, uh, oh, I don't know, you call it a little index card. It's over at the table. Last week, you know, we gave this little uh, phrase, faith is the fuse that sets off the power. Mix faith with the power and the answer will come. Mix faith with the power and the work will be done. In a, in a bad situation, it's a real combination. Mix faith with the power today and blow the devil away. Amen? So you might want to have that, you know, and just remind yourself of that. And uh, just keep that. Praise God. Let's look at a few scriptures tonight. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, if you look there with me this evening. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 18 says, for the preaching of the cross, I believe that the cross should be preached and that Christ should be preached. Now, the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. Those who look at us and say that, well, this Christianity is simply a crutch. I don't need that. These are people that are so needy, and I just don't need that. Well, the scripture says that that's foolishness. It really reveals how dumb people are. And statements like that reveal foolishness. The preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us. Hallelujah. Unto us. Unto you, unto me, those that have been purchased by the blood, those that have been washed and cleansed by the blood, unto us which are saved, the preaching of the cross is the power of God. The preaching of the cross is the power of God. So there is a connection between the gospel being preached and the power of God. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. How many believers do we have here tonight? Then I'm not looking at a company of fools. I'm looking at a company of wise people. Wise men. Amen. Wise women. Now notice with me in verse 19. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. And I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Those who live out of here and never check in down here are very unwise. And I'm not against education. I'm for education, but primarily I'm for educating your spirit. 
And I would never educate my mind at the expense of not educating my spirit. God's best is for us to train this man first, then to get all the education we need to fulfill what God's called us to do in the earth, whether it be a doctor or a lawyer or a fireman or whatever the case may be. Amen. But we will not get very far living up here. We must live out of here. Live out of our hearts. Verse 20. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Have not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom, do not God. For it pleased by God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe... For the Jews require a sign, the Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified under the Jews a stumbling block and under the Greeks foolishness. Let me ask you something. Do we need preachers today? Yes. Now we need teachers and thank God for apostles, but we just flat need some preachers. And you don't have to have a PhD to be a preacher. You don't necessarily have to go to Bible college to be a preacher. What a preacher does is a preacher proclaims Christ crucified, raised from the dead, and the power of God, and to everyone that believeth. Amen. That's how I got saved. I got saved by hearing words. I got saved by hearing someone preach. I didn't go outside and look at nature and get saved. I tried to. <laughs> Seriously, you know, I was way, way off. And uh, I was trying to get my life back together. And, and, and I thought that the answer was getting, becoming one with nature. <laughs> and that lasted about a half hour. <laughs> No, thank God the word should be preached. Amen. And I heard the word preached. How many of you can remember the night you heard the word preached? Amen. Oh, what a glorious experience. Now, we preach Christ crucified, Jews stumbling block, Gentiles foolishness, but unto them which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God... And the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. Hallelujah. We serve a mighty God. Hallelujah. Now let's look over at 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verses 1 through 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verses 1 through 5. We're talking a while tonight on having faith in the power of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul was an educated man. The Apostle Paul was a Hebrew of the Hebrews. He studied at the feet of Gamaliel. He was a, a, man, of, a man of great, great intellect. But notice what he says. He says, when I came to you... I didn't come with excellency of speech or of wisdom, 
declaring to you the testimony of God. Verse 2. He says, For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him what? Him crucified. Verse 3. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. Verse 4. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. In other words, I wasn't counting on my education. I wasn't counting on my eloquence. I was counting on the demonstration of the Spirit and of what? The demonstration of the what? Of the Spirit and what? When you think about the word power there, if you look at it carefully, the word power is not so much in talk, but it's more in demonstration than it is in words. And I believe this is what the body of Christ needs is less talk and more demonstration. Less talk and more manifestation. Amen? Now that doesn't mean that there's not going to be teaching. Don't misunderstand me. That doesn't mean they're not going to be preaching. But if we're really going to be a Holy Ghost church, we need to fulfill not only the Word, but the Word and power. I was talking to Pete the other day. We had lunch. And uh, Brother Hagin said... Well, for the last several years when he was uh, alive, he would say things like this. He said, what God is doing in these last days is he's building strong local churches that will move with the Holy Ghost. Think about it. What God is doing in these last days is he's building strong local churches who will learn to move with the Holy Ghost. I'm here to tell you that the day of the hotshot evangelist is over with. God's still going to use evangelists. He's still going to use prophets. He's still going to use apostles. Thank God for them. But this is the day for the body of Christ to rise up in grace, to rise up in power, to rise up in grace and anointing. And what pastors and teachers and prophets and apostles do is they oversee the work of God and the move of God And make sure that things don't get crazy. Or they interpret the move of God. Amen. So I think then, here at Heart of the Bay, that we need to make sure that we're fixed on Him. And that our eyes are on Him only. Because only Him can heal your body. Only Him can bring you into the land of debt freedom and into a wealthy place. Amen. Notice with me in verse 5. He says, I didn't come to you with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power... That what? That your faith should not stand in the eloquence, 
in the education, in preachers' abilities to manipulate crowds, in someone's charismatic gift? No. That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but our faith should be where? In the power of God. My Father and your Father is a demonstrator. And He demonstrates His goodness. He demonstrates His glory. And He demonstrates His power through you and through me. Amen? Now, here's the neat thing about it. You don't have to understand the power of God to experience it. Amen. I don't have to understand how God raised Jesus from the dead. I know some things about it, but I don't have to understand it completely to experience it and taste of resurrection power. You know, Brother Hagin, when he's a little boy, he couldn't figure out how a brown cow could make white milk. And then they'd churn it, and they'd have yellow butter. <laughs> but although he couldn't figure it out, he said, I was enjoying drinking the milk, and I was enjoying eating the butter. You do not have to understand everything about spiritual things to experience the goodness, the glory, and the power of God. Understanding is not the same as faith. Faith is a choice. And you have world-overcoming faith, mountain-moving faith on the inside of you. And with your faith, you can open up your heart and you can choose to believe and you can choose to receive even though you can't taste it, feel it, touch it, or see it, or understand it. You can gladly say, I receive. It's mine. I have it now. Say that with me together. It is mine. I have it now. So tonight, what I want to center in on for a few moments is I want to center in on this glorious power, this glorious demonstration of God's goodness in you and in me and flowing through all of us corporately. So you ready? Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 4. And notice with me in verse 19. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 19. And this will bear out something that we've already said about power being a demonstration. He says, but I will come to you shortly, if the Lord will, and will know not the speech of them which are puffed up, but the power. Now I want you to read verse 20. Look at this together. Let's read it. Okay, let's try it with a little bit more spizzerinkum. Do it one more time. For the kingdom of God is not in word. 
We can stand here all day and tell you that Jesus is the healer. Amen. And tell you that by his stripes you were healed. And tell you all day long about all of the miracles. But until you believe, until you receive, or until someone lays hands on you, it's all just a bunch of words. Now faith will come. And you can receive while you're sitting there in the chair. Say with me, the kingdom of God is not in word, but it is in power. So in other words, this power then is to be demonstrated. Demonstration. Now look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and notice with me in verse 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 5. Now do we have any fans on whatsoever? Ushers? If we don't have any fans on in here tonight, we need a little air. We need a little is there fans on? There are, okay. All right, First Thessalonians 1, 5, it says, For our gospel came not unto you in word only. Notice over and over again. But also in power. But also in demonstration. And in what? And in the Holy Ghost. And in much assurance, as you know what manner of men we were among you, for your sake. All right, then go over to Romans 15 and look with me at verses 18 and verse 19. Romans 15, verse 18 and verse 19. For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not worked by me to make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed. Verse 19. Through mighty signs and wonders... By the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and round about Hayward, I have fully preached. I fully preached the what? When you're preaching the gospel of Christ, you must preach salvation. But when you're preaching the gospel of Christ, you also must preach healing. When you preach the gospel of Christ, you also must preach the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And so he said, mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God. What are signs? Signs grab people's attention. You ever been down 101 or... Traveled down Highway 5 and it was time to get something to eat, right? Or maybe it was time to get some gas as well. And so you started looking at the signs. And you saw a sign there with the golden arches. Or whatever, you know, sign you saw. And you also saw gas available. And you were running low on gas and running low on food physically. And so what that sign did is that sign pointed you to the place where you could get your need met. Amen? And that's what signs and wonders do, really, for the world in which we live. Amen. I believe this, that when God 
demonstrates his power in such a degree and in such a way that miracles are happening in a notable way, it becomes a sign and a proof not only to that person, but it becomes a sign to their relatives. It becomes a sign to their friends. It becomes a sign to the people around them. That is why we must have signs and wonders. We must not compromise on the demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power in this church. We must contend for great harvest. I'm 64 years old. I've been at this church for 33 years. I'm planning on here being here another 10 or 15. As long as I'm here and as long as I have breath, I am going to proclaim the gospel and I'm going to challenge the people in front of me to be doers of this word. Amen. The days of wine and roses in the body of Christ are over with. The days of preachers whining and dining and sleeping around and stealing people's money and manipulating people, those days are over with. These are the days of heaven on earth. These are the days of God's glory. These are the days of God's presence. Amen? Don't be seduced by manipulating spirits. Don't be seduced by seducing spirits that will lure you into some sort of false revival. Based on the personality of a man. You've got to be really careful of that. Look at Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10. Ephesians the 6th chapter the 10th verse. And I want to I want to notice this one in the amplified version. Ephesians 6:10 amplified. Of course King James says finally my brethren be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Amplified version says this. In conclusion be what? Put your hand on your heart, your spirit, man, and say, be, be strong. When God says, be strong, it's an empowerment for you to lay hold of that strength. So he says, in conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your what? So we're talking about faith in the power, and he's saying here then that there's an empowerment that will come into your life, in my life, through this union with him. Draw your strength from him, that strength, which what? That strength which is boundless 
might is God providing strength for his people they that do know their God they shall be strong and they shall do great exploits so notice here there's a union with him he that is joined unto the Lord has become one spirit amen and so through this union with him through the vital abiding in the vine as a branch then we draw our strength within this union and this strength comes from his boundless unlimited might question I have for you tonight is there any power in you you don't you don't convince me let me let me say it again let me ask it again is there any power in you that's better now the the further we go the stronger you should be getting amen so we're let's go a little take a little further give you plenty of scriptures here amen now look at Ephesians 3 verse 20 Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 great verse of scripture Ephesians the third chapter of the 20th verse says now unto him now unto him that is able to do read it with me exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think stop right there let me ask you this is God able Yes. Is he able? Yes. But you cannot separate the first part of that verse from the second part of that verse. It is in connection or according to what? It's according to the power of that is working in me if this power is working in me that must mean that his power is in me for if his power was not in me it would not be possible for his power to work in me so I don't have to pray for power I don't have to beg for power when I get filled with the Holy Ghost, I receive power, come on, from on high. And a lot of people are missing that. They're begging God. They're asking God, oh God, send the power. God says, I've already sent the power. Now what you need to do is stir the power up. Say, my power is in me. I believe this. Whether you believe it or not, I believe it. And I know a few others that do believe it as well. I believe this with all of my might. That God is bringing us into a season where the power is being turned up. It's not a question of it not being constantly available. It's a question of us getting his power working 
in us. See, if you got his power working in you, and you got his power working in you, and you got his power working in you, and you got his power working in you as a daily walk with God, and you come in here, we'd have corporate demonstrations and corporate power. But the problem is, is most people wait for the preacher to stir the power of God up in them, when in reality, it's the preacher's responsibility to declare the word of God, but God wants all of us to be powered up. And if you have to stir it up, you just have to stir it up. You ever been to a, a, a place in your life where you needed to be stirred up? I can remember Brother Copeland sitting on the front row, and he was listening to somebody, and he'd been going through a difficult time, and he just had to say it by faith. He looked at Gloria, and he says, Gloria, I'm stirred up now. <laughs> you know, people think that people like him and Brother Hagan and Brother Savell and whoever else it might be, well, they, they've got it all together. Well, they've got it all together like you've got it all together, but they still got to do it by faith. Amen. Are you listening to me? I still got to do it by faith. And so sometimes life's challenges would challenge us to the degree where we don't sense His presence. But they, in those times, we've got to just walk it out by faith and keep our inner man stirred up. Keep that inner man stirred up so that the power of God can be working in you, can be working for you, and can be working through you. Listen to this statement. The more power that you have and the more power that I have working in me, the more he'll be able to do above all that we can ask or think. The more active we are on the inside of us with this power, the more we are going to tap into the exceeding, the surpassing greatness of Almighty God. Who glory to God. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm stirred up now. I'm stirring up my inner man. Now look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6 and 7 says, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Woo, glory, that's a mouthful right there. You could preach a month on that. God who is light commanded light be. Amen. Hallelujah. And that light shone out of the darkness, but that same light is shining in your heart. That same light is shining in my heart. And notice, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Now notice with me in verse 7, I want you to read this with me if you would. But we have this treasure. Stop right there. Another word for earthen vessel is clay pot. Yeah. 
How many of you know he's chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise? And I'm looking at a bunch of folks that qualify, including me. He's chosen the foolish things of this world to absolutely confound the wise. And this treasure, this glory, this power, this goodness is in a clay pot. It's in an earthen vessel. Now notice, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not us. That word excellency in other translation is surpassing. That word excellency is exceeding. It says that the excellency of this power may certainly be of God and not of us. I'm telling you right here in your clay pot. Right there in your earthen vessel. God has chosen to put his light on the inside of you. Woo! Glory to God. And this light dispels darkness. God, who is absolute light, said, light be. And when you said, Jesus, be my Lord, that same light came into you and moved every bit of darkness out of you. It is not partial light. It is absolute light. It's absolute life. And it's absolute love. Meaning there is no fear. There is no death. And there is no darkness. Hallelujah. No wonder Paul said, Give thanks to the Father which hath made us able to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in life. Who has delivered us. From the power of darkness. Translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. You have. And I have. My dear brothers and sisters. We have something. And someone. Amazing. On the inside of us. Put your hand over your heart. And say this with me. I have. Someone. This treasure. Who is amazing on the inside of me. And so then, here's what needs to happen in my life, in your life, and I believe in every Christian's life, is then we need to become more God inside minded. Or we could say it this, this way, we need to become more aware of this great glorious God who's chosen to live on the inside of us. It is a surpassing, it is an overwhelming thing, it's an awesome thing to have Him in your heart. The question I have for you tonight is where is He? Where is He? Where is He? The answer is, he's in us. This creative power that said light be, and this resurrection power that raised him from the dead is in you. Ooh, glory to God. Therefore, I believe that the people of God 
ought to be extremely creative. I also believe that the people of God should be experiencing daily quickenings. Not just weekly quickenings. But just as we are daily loaded with benefits, I believe that you and I are daily quickened by the power of God. And because that creative power which says light be has chosen to be in me and chosen to be in you, we should be having I see I all the time. I see I, not I see you. We should be having I see I all the time. What does that mean? I believe we should be having insights. Come on. And concepts. And inside information from the Holy Spirit. I believe that the people of God ought to be sharper than the people that are in the world. I don't believe that the body of Christ should be dumb and dumber and dull and duller. I believe we ought to be quick and quicker and quickest. This life, this light will quicken your intellect. It will make you sharp. It will give you ideas and concepts seemingly that came out of nowhere, but because you are God aware, you know where they came from. And as you give him the glory and you give him the credit, you position yourself for greater ideas and greater creativity. I believe that we in the body of Christ ought to be so creative that we should be inventing things. And I'm talking about beyond starting a business that sells t-shirts. With honk if you love Jesus on it. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm not talking about Mary Kay. I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. I'm talking about us being owners. I'm talking about us being creators. Well, thank you for your enthusiasm. I... I'm, I'm overwhelmed by your surpassing, awesome, glory to God enthusiasm. Woo! Glory to God. This is foreign to many of you. I know it is. I know. I realize it is. Because you're so bogged down by the circumstances of life that death has dulled you. But oh, let God lift you tonight. Amen. Come on, let Him lift you up. You can be so lullabied and dullified and dumbified by the entertainments in this world that the Holy Ghost could walk down the aisle with a red hat and a red tie on and a lot of church people wouldn't even recognize him. Because they're so dull. Now say this with me, that ain't me. I have purpose in my heart. I'm not going to be dullified. I'm not going to be dumbed down to the spirit of this world. I'm a child of God. I'm spreading my wings. I'm aware of Him. Hallelujah. Praying in the spirit is the doorway to the supernatural. 
praying in the Spirit is the doorway to great demonstration. Praying in the Spirit is the doorway for great leadings of the Holy Spirit. So pray in the Spirit and build yourself up on your most holy faith and allow the Spirit of Him on the inside of you to quicken you and to cause awesome things to happen. Amen. Amen. Say with me, I've got this treasure in an earthen vessel. All right, you ready to go a little bit more? I'm not ready to quit yet. I haven't gotten there yet. Look with me to Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Galatians 2.20. Read this with me. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now notice that phrase, Christ lives in me. Whenever you see the word Jesus in the Gospels, it's an emphasis on his humanity. Whenever you see just the word Christ, it's an emphasis on his anointing or his anointed one. So we could say it this way, Christ the anointed one and his anointing, it lives in me. And I've discovered this, the more that I talk about him, the more that he manifests in my life. Everything that he is, everything that he is, is in you. Everything. His power is holding the planets together. His power is holding your cells together. Look at Colossians chapter 1 verse 26 and verse 27. Colossians chapter 1 verse 26 and verse 27 says, Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his, what? Saints. That's you. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ, where? Where is Christ? Christ in me. Christ in you. He is the hope of glory. Would you, would you say tonight that he is just absolutely amazing? I mean, just super, super amazing? I wonder how Christians can be so amazed with him and so disgusted with themselves. How can Christians be so amazed with Jesus and so disgusted with themselves? That's a spirit of condemnation. Come on, guys. We ought not to be looking in the rearview window talking about what we were, what we can't do, and what we don't know. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. He is amazing. 
and he don't make no junk. You're his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Say it with me. I am the handiwork of Almighty God. So the key then is not to focus on me. The key is to focus on him in me. Verse 28 and verse 29 in the Amplified Version says this. Him we preach and proclaim, warning and admonishing everyone and instructing everyone in all wisdom, insight into the ways and purposes of God, that we may present every person mature, Fully initiated, complete, and perfect in Christ the Anointed One. And verse 29 is what I want you to see in the Amplified of Colossians 1. This is shouting material right here. And for those of you that are nervous, don't be nervous. We're almost done. Relax. Read this with me. (laughs) For this I labor unto weariness, striving with all the superhuman energy which he so mightily enkindles. Superhuman energy, which he so mightily infuses, he enkindles, and he's working in me. It's God all the while at work in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. It is your good father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace and joy. It's not just in a bunch of talk, but it's in the demonstration of his goodness and of his power. And so to sum it all up then, how then, how do I get this power To work in me. Well, there's a number of ways you do it. But the question would be, is how then can I become more aware of him? In Philemon 1.6, it says that the communication of your faith may become divinely energized by the acknowledging, by the proclaiming, by the confessing, of every good thing which is in you, which is in Christ Jesus. Let's all stand to our feet. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Faith in the power. Father, we stir ourselves up tonight on these glorious truths. We stir ourselves up in the name above every name, the name of Jesus. Blessed be the Lord God, who daily loads me with benefits. You know, Jesus was in the tomb, wasn't he? He was dead. He was cold. But the Spirit came into that tomb. And he quickened him. And he made him alive. And he raised him from the dead. And the same spirit of him that raised Christ from the dead, he dwells in you. And he that raised Christ from the dead shall quicken your mortal body by his spirit that dwells in you. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus.
I speak a word of God over every person in the auditorium tonight. Be quickened in your spirit. Be quickened in your soul. Be quickened in your body. In the mighty name of Jesus.